Women Taking the Lead, bonus episode number 18. That is the power of deduction. And without realizing it, it shapes who you are as a leader, as a partner, as a coworker, as a friend, and as a parent. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to Women Taking the Lead, and I am your host, Jody Flynn. I'm so excited you're here. We're diving into a new area right now. The last few bonus episodes, we talked about imagining a future that you would want to live into, and then commitment and how important that was to achieve your goal and to do it with ease. And in the last bonus episode, I talked about the importance of self-care and how in order to feel successful when you achieve the goal and really feel good about that goal, it's important that you're taking care of yourself along the way. And now we're going to dive into defining who you are as a leader. And we're going to kind of take a backwards way into this. I'm a logical person, and one of the most useful tools when applying logic is deduction, the process of ruling out. Deduction is very effective, so effective that we call the ability to use this process as one's powers of deduction. In the workshops I do with young leaders, I ask them, who do you want to be as a leader? And they're often stumped by this question. And oftentimes they respond with, I'm not sure who I want to be, but I know who I don't want to be as a leader, my current or former boss, (laughs) right? That is the power of deduction. And without realizing it, it shapes who you are as a leader, as a partner, as a coworker, as a friend, and as a parent. We remember how we felt when we had to deal with another person, and those who upset us tend to make a lasting impression, and that experience shapes who we become, and hopefully for the good. In my early experience as a leader, I put more thought into avoiding being perceived as a bad boss than I did being perceived as a good boss. It's all part of the process, It then led me to consider what experience I did want to create for my team. Here's one of my bad boss stories, and unfortunately, I've got several. But again, these are very beneficial experiences because they guide us towards who we want to be as a leader. So at one point in my career in mutual fund operations, when I was the team leader for the financial processing department, I inherited a boss who came from another division. He was moved because he he was friends with my department head, and he was starting to become a disruptive person in his previous role. It was thought that with the change of scenery and new responsibilities, he would settle down, get serious, and shine as a new leader. I'm sure you know where this is heading. (laughs) As a team leader of the financial department, I was accountable for our quality results and played the role of quality control. I reviewed everybody's work before it went through processing. When we made mistakes, we were messing with other people's money and a lot of attention came down on us if any mistakes were made. 
my new boss made hiring decisions based on a need to fill the seats, work experience, and his friendship with others. He did not hire for attitude or values, and before I knew it, I was leading a team of five people, four of whom were on the disciplinary track for the quality of their work within six months. One other person on the team should have been doing quality control with me for half their day, but no one was qualified to do it, so I had to do it alone. My new boss didn't feel comfortable with the task of quality control as he was new to the division, so he would give me a pep talk instead. I was overwhelmed. I came in early, stayed late, and ate lunch at my desk to try to keep up with the work. My boss came in on time left on time, had lunch every day with his buddies, and would spend parts of the day in his old division catching up with his friends there. I gained 40 pounds in one year. I ate fast food to save time. I felt too tired to exercise, and I started drinking wine at the end of the day to assist in letting go of the stress. And up until that point, I had never been much of a drinker. Then came my opportunity to be promoted to supervisor, move to Maine, and develop a whole new team. Can you imagine the type of leader I committed to be for this new team? My team over the next eight years would describe me as hands-on, supportive, caring, dedicated, focused, quality-driven, and hardworking. I never wanted anyone who worked for me to feel like I felt working for my former boss, and to my knowledge, nobody did. Starting from a place of who I was not as a leader, I came to an identity of who I am. And here is also who you are not. You are not your stress reactions. Have you ever been in a negative relationship or a situation and over time you notice there are some changes in your personality and how you respond to things? Changes and responses that you are not proud of? Rather than saying the sweet words we hear in dramas like, they make me a better person or they make me want to be a better person, you find yourself uttering, I don't like who I become when I'm around them, or when I'm there, I'm a different person. This is who you are not. You say those things, you do those things, but they feel wrong and you don't like it. That's the sign that it's not the real you. Whenever you feel at odds with how you are showing up and how you are behaving, you are sure to find your default stress reaction at play. This is your alter ego, the persona you become under stress to try to protect you from any perceived threats. When I get stressed, I become very controlling. I micromanage and get lost in the details and research. If you know me, you would know details and research are not where I choose to hang out on a day-to-day basis. So likely, when your alter ego is at play, you'll find yourself doing things that are the opposite of what you would normally do if things were not so tense. The issue with the alter ego is it started to develop when you were very young, when you didn't know as much as you do know now. Think six to eight years old. Since the alter ego came into existence, you have become more experienced, skilled, 
wise, and resourceful, but your alter ego isn't aware of that. And so it jumps in to save the day, thinking you are not capable to handle the situation, that you're still eight years old. And as a result, your alter ego makes you feel small, incapable, and out of control. So in the next several bonus episodes, I'm going to cover some common stress reactions. I'm hoping you'll gain an awareness of your own alter ego. So you'll be able to see it in action when something stressful occurs. And with this awareness, you'll be able to make a different choice. You'll be able to respond to stress as you really are powerful, capable, resourceful, and committed right? So that's what's coming in the future episodes. So for now, thank you for joining me and here's to your success. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.